Need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Flashes it away through the covers for four, and England have won the match. Hello, welcome to the Analyst Inside Cricket. And after the white ball intervention interruption, Test Cricket is back with the England South Africa three test series due to start on Wednesday. So it pitches. English abalience against South African resistance and determination. I suppose you could sum it up like that. How will the South Africans deal with Basball? Well, Simon, I think they're told not to even mention it, aren't they? <laughs> there was a press conference today uh, where Mark Boucher said, anyone mentions Basball, they've got to drink tequila, a shot of tequila, which actually, that's quite an incentive, isn't it, to, to mention Basball. Um, I think the South Africans are a bit sick of it already. Uh, you know, because inevitably they're going to be asked about it, aren't they? And and Dean Elgar has made the point: South Africa's captain, it can go wrong. And and there have been times this summer when we've seen England, uh, you know, fall in a heap, but they've somehow managed to drag it back. They did against New Zealand at Headingley. They did against India at Edgbaston. And that's going to be the the fascination, really. I mean, we've had all this sort of this, this white ball interlude, you know, weeks and weeks of white ball cricket. But it's the it's the real gladiators, the real attacking players who are coming back now to to play in Test cricket. So you know, is a is a fascinating uh, few days ahead. Of course, Yoz, uh, Test cricket returns, and it looks like the rain's going to return, which I'm not complaining about. Actually, because London's been burnt to a crisp. We are absolutely desperate uh, for rain. Lords must be the greenest, the biggest or greenest bit of land in London. I should think. I mean, you know, I think some of the football grounds around, like you know, the Emirates and. Yeah, White Hart Lane it's and all sort that. Of they neon. Must have a bit of green. It's there. almost neon, isn't it? I mean, I went there for the hundred match uh, last week, and actually, a lot of my uh, people I went with were saying, "Wow, it's going to be really exciting. We're going to see green grass for the first time for about uh, two months." And it, it is incredibly lush. Uh, great effort by the ground staff and their various sprinkling systems to, to keep it as green as that. And I guess, in fact, that'll have an impact on the pitch itself. Just going back to to Basball and England's. You know, absolutely ferocious uh, assault on the New Zealand bowlers. I mean, both the South Africans and the New Zealanders have made the point that it wouldn't have worked, but for some errors on New Zealand's parts and drop catches mm. and so on uh, with games in the balance. So I guess South Africa have to cling on to that. But what's uh, slightly against them is the fact that uh, in that warm-up match against the England Lions, England racked up 670-odd all out, I think, and 
and that, you know back, clearly they they were on message because McCullum and Rob Key were there and both of them had a, a little address with the players beforehand and obviously passed on the the kind of general philosophy which uh, England have shown so strongly in that test series against New Zealand it worked well because that not only did they rack up 670 but they won by innings yeah, 672 in 117 overs. So not, not just the fact they made a big score, it's how quickly they got them. And as you say, Brendan McCullum addressed the players uh, before the match and, and a lot of them responded. I mean, four players with, with, with decent scores in that match. You know, Brooke, 100, what a summer he's had. But he's, you know, he's barely been able to play international cricket and he's, he's been kept out of it. But, you know, he, he can do no more than he's doing. Another thing as well, which is interesting, I thought, was that Maharaj was taken down. So South Africa presumably we were looking to use one or both of their spinners, depends on the pitch, totally depends on the pitch, one or both of those spinners to, to give them some control and a threat. But Maharaj, confidence dented before, you'd think, before the Test match. One for 169 in his 22 overs. He is quite an experienced cricketer, though. Uh, test match level he's played 42 test matches he's taken 150 test wickets so you know it, it's not like he's a young spinner inexperienced spinner but there's you know there's a message there isn't there that and but it could also work in his favor England have four right-handers and three left-handers in the top seven so, so I mean people say well, why, Harmer's back why aren't they playing Harmer he's done well in England uh isn't necessarily so. We don't know the teams yet. We're talking on sort of Monday late afternoon, early evening. So we, we, it depends on the pitch, obviously. But it has been so dry in London. It's amazing, actually, isn't it, yours? That it's been so dry. You'd think it just cries out for two spinners. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think that it will probably still help the spinners. The thing is, Lords, because of the slope, always does give spinners a bit of assistance, even if it's not turning. It's just angles. It's just a little bit of help with the slope itself. I remember Graham Swan, you know, making brilliant use of of the slopes and you know, in making left-handers play at balls they didn't need to, bowling from the pavilion end and and using the the slide on the the straight on delivery to, to great effect. So I actually suspect it might be Simon Harmer who plays because he's he's been so good in English conditions. He does get wickets with a high action and. And, and deception, whereas Maharaj for me is a more, in a way, a more traditional, old-fashioned type of bowler who uses flight and, and actually does need a bit of spin on the ball. Uh, I think Harmer can get wickets without spin. So I, I suspect, especially with those three left-handers you mentioned as well, that, that Harmer might be the one to play. Uh, England, Jack Leach, I guess, will, will, will play for them because, you, you know, the pitch, even though it may be a little green on top because of the watering that the, the drownsmen no doubt will have done, it will be dry underneath, and that will tell in two or three days' time if the if, if you know if there is a bit of sun, which there is certainly towards the, the latter part of the match, then undoubtedly it, it will be dry. Yeah. So just just on Harmer, those who don't know, he missed seven years. Of course, he became a Coldplay play, play for Essex. No Test cricket between 2015 and 2022. He did play two Test matches against Bangladesh in, in March and April. 33 wickets at 23 in his seven Test matches so far, but that was that's a long superb. time ago. He has taken, that's pretty good, isn't it? He's taken 802 wickets at 26 in his first-class career. I mean, yeah. Well, he was it, the one, it, wasn't he? When we were talking about Jimmy Anderson going past 1,000 first-class wickets last year, yeah. I think, we were, we, we yeah. were saying who, who could be the next guy or any guy that could do it, and Simon Harmer's name cropped up. 
Yeah, absolutely right. I mean, it it would seem remarkable if he he didn't play, but you you can see a scenario where he he won't play at Lords. But we'll 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 see. We're a little bit away from the game. Yeah, we are. But he's just such a kind of competitive cricketer. You know, I once shook his hand, and his hand he virtually crushed my hand with this very vigorous handshake. You know, a very good catcher, scores valuable runs as well. Just a sort of very tenacious, determined cricketer with a lot of quality. And sometimes, you know, you can overthink these things. He's just a, a guy that turns games and 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 has, is very reliable and consistent. So even if there isn't that much spin in, in evidence on the pitch, I'd just play him because he's a really mm. good bowler. Yeah. Well, if the, you know, that's one of the great things about cricket, isn't it? You've got to try to fit... 11 players into your side and get the balance right and it's not always uh, straightforward uh, to do that one or two other problems for South Africa as well Duan Olifia is out of the game so he's another player that's been away from uh, test match cricket but he's, he's not going to play he's got this this problem that he, he picked up in the match at, at Canterbury and Rabada as well you know hasn't bowled a lot recently you know was, was that was there for the T20 series about picked up a knee injury and there's you know doubt about him what South Africa do have though is they have a, a decent enough stock of pace bowlers there's no doubt about that Anrich Nokia we know about him playing in the in the white ball games and playing in the IPL as well. Marco Janssen, the the tall, young, uh, left-arm uh, fast bowler, 22 years of age. So there's him, and there's and also... He's got, he's got course, Virat Kohli in his locker a couple of times at least, yeah. hasn't he? Yeah, and there's uh, Lungi Ngidi as well. So, you know, there's three options for them. And they've also got uh, Glenton Stearman and Luto... Sipamla as well, so they ha- they do have other options. If well, Olafir is out, and if Rabada is missing, this, this reminds me. Of, do you know when we started Test series against Sri Lanka, when I was working for Channel Four, we always used to have a a pre-match meeting about pronunciation of you know Mahela Jai Wardner or Kumar Sangakkara or of course the the, the classic Muralita and how would you say Muralita and was it Murali Duran or and Richie Benno was an absolute stickler for for getting the pronunciation right. You've got a few challenges again now, haven't you? Well, um, what happened down at Canterbury was that there was a, a South African player's pronunciation guide sheet uh, laid out in the press box. And so, for example, South Africa's opener, who you might be tempted to call uh, Sarrel Irwi, his name is pronounced Sorrel Irvia. So, and then, and Rick... Nokia as well. It doesn't. It's not pronounced as it as it looks on the on the page. And there's Kyle Verania as well, Verania, and Glenton Stearman. Looks like Sturman, but it's pronounced Stearman. So yeah, there we go. I'm, I'm, it's really useful actually to have that uh, pronunciation. You haven't got you haven't really got Pelaquea, have you? Because that was one that that was one we always do argue about. But he doesn't play in the, the Test series. He only plays in the one no. day one day matches. So quite a few new names. Yours. Do you think that's going to be a, an issue for South Africa? There are not that many in the squad who have played Test match cricket in England, Test match cricket at Lords. Definitely, I, I think it, it will be an issue, especially now the way England are playing and they've got the confidence of uh, their last three Tests against New Zealand as well, and obviously against India. So I think it will be a problem, and th- they haven't got a sort of particularly settled lineup. I quite like the look of uh, Keegan Peterson at number three. Mm. I think he's a good player. But obviously he hasn't got the experience of, of playing here very much, although he's played a bit of county cricket, but he hasn't played at that level. 
So, uh, yeah, I think it is a problem. Um, a lot for uh, Van den Dusen, who's, you know, has got some experience of playing in England uh, to do. Uh, he made runs, didn't he, in the, in the match against the Lions. But apart from him and Dean Elgar, you know, there is a lot of inexperience in English conditions. And though, you know, everybody talks about Lords inspiring the opposition more than the home side, I just think England, with their skill and ability and, and confidence that they've got from the last a couple of months, that they they should be too hot for South Africa, who are injury ridden and and inexperienced. Yeah, I mean, Elgar's had five spells in county cricket. He's a very experienced player, thirty five years of age. Avia uh, just played the four Test matches so far. Keegan Peterson's just played seven Test matches. Yeah, I mean, I like, I've always liked the look of Van der Dusen. Actually, he's a sort of fighter, a real sort of tenacious player. Markram, to me, looks quite a class player. Hasn't done particularly well in his games. Uh, against England, well, he won one Test match against England, Centurion. He made twenty and two. His, his Test average is thirty-five in in thirty-one games. Is that you know it, it, it's solid enough? And then uh, Kyle uh, Verenia, uh, the wicketkeeper, he's only played eight Test matches. There's, there's, a, there's a bit of an experience in that batting, and Avia uh, as well has only played four Test matches, averaged thirty. So yeah, I think that is an area where in, England can target. The bowling looks as though they've got quite a few options. Uh, South Africa actually, look, bowling looks. Are really strong, um, but we'll see. We'll see how they get on against that uh, potential onslaught. I I just sense that South Africa are quite looking forward to England taking them on uh, with the bat, and just feel that they might make, you know, they 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 might get it be able to get into England a bit. But only if all their top bowlers are fit. I, I wouldn't like be yeah. liking to take England on without, say, Rabada, for instance, who is outstanding. Yeah, I mean they've got Norkia, who's who's definitely got something about him, and Gidi, uh, you know, another who's definitely got something about him, and and, and Janssen, you know, a different option, tall, left yeah. armour. So cool. you know they've got the, I and mean, they've got the spin options as well. So yeah, it, well it, it's great that uh, Test cricket's back. It's going to be fascinating to to see how it goes uh, over the next. Uh, few days as long as the rain uh, does play ball and what we need of course is it for it to rain at sort of eight o'clock in the evening to, for about six hours and then go away and that'll be fine because london does need a bit of a dousing tax day is coming oh no but if you sign up for robin hood gold's ira with a three percent match you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash Boost by Tax Day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. You know you Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. So we're all looking forward to this test series, and it's a big one. It really, really is a big one for South Africa because they are top of the test championship and they've got the chance to get to the final uh, next year in England, potentially. We don't know yet. There's still a lot of cricket to be played. Australia right up there as well. But South Africa top at the moment. The only thing I would point out is if they were to lose this series 3-0, and England have won all four test matches that they played uh, this summer, but past history and recent events don't necessarily guarantee the future. But if they were uh, to lose, they would be dragged right back on percentage. They'd be down to 50%. They'd be dragged right back into the pack with the likes of Sri Lanka and Pakistan, and England would, would leap up as well to around that uh, 50% mark. So, it, But it's, so it's big. And actually, you know, you think about test cricket in South Africa, and they don't play that much uh, compared to England. 
Uh, but it's an opportunity. In, in a way, you sort of feel it'd be, it'd be great for them to reach the final, wouldn't it? A, a, you know, a country that's just been a bit on the down in, in test cricket. They've got quite a good recent record. It's, it's propelled them to the top. But they've, they've had some sort of thin years. You remember all those great sides they had? Tremendous players mm, after yeah. you know, readmission. Really top quality teams. And they've just been yeah. just down a bit of late. Yeah, and and it was it, it was sort of all rounders, for instance, mm. as well that uh, that that helped them hugely. I mean, I'm thinking of uh, Brian McMillan in 1994. Mm. He was a really big, strong, beefy all rounder who could really handle the bat and and you know, could go at the bowlers. And he bowled strong, fast, medium pace. And of course, Jack Callis as well, being such a, a fundamental part of of those sides that that did well in England. And have they really got that that substance? that those old sides had, plus obviously the, the, the quality of the likes of Alan Donald as well. So, and, and, and obviously A.B. de Villiers. So, you know, Graham Smith, you know, I mean, a, a fantastic, robust, almost immovable object, an incredible Hulk opening the batting. Now, of course, uh, the man who's running the new South Africa T20 competition back home. I'm sure he'll be here, actually, and there'll be a presence about him, Graham Smith, when he's, when he's around the place, but... He can't score any runs for, for South Africa. So, yeah, it, it, it's a big series for both teams because there isn't much test cricket after that for quite a while, is there? It's a big focus on T20 after that for the next three or four months with the World T20 coming up in October and early November. All teams playing some sort of T20 matches before that tournament to sort of get in shape for it. So it, it kind of it's a great opportunity for both sides to stake a claim for that final next year. And you, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't believe... England have a, a, even a sniff of getting to that final three months ago, but sort of their performances recently have, have given them a, an outside chance. Yeah, I mean, I think they probably you know, sort of need to win everything from here uh, to qualify. <clears throat> but it's, it's quite hard to say because of the percentage system. But, you know, just talking about South Africa, you know, in this, the, the fact that it's, it's sort of, it's not, as I say, low priority for the players, but the, the focus is on, on white ball cricket. Since the teams last met, in South Africa, when England won 3-1, and, and I thought South Africa looked quite an ordinary side, despite the fact they won at, at Centurion and took the lead in the series. Since they last met, South Africa have played only 13 test matches, and England have played 30 test matches since then. So, you know, you see the the, the financial side of it, you see the, the priorities often born out of the financial situation. So England just play a, a heck of a lot more test cricket. South Africa's recent record has been good. They've won nine of their last 13 test matches uh, since that game against England. What about England's uh, team selection? We are talking on mon Monday evening. It may well be that by the time you listen to this, England have named their side. But, uh, I mean, generally speaking, if you win, you you, you, know, you keep an unchanged uh, team. But Ollie Robinson is back. He's fit again and, and, and bowling well. By all accounts, you know, he bowled well in the match down at, at Canterbury. Looks fit, lean, uh, bowled well in the championship as well, picked up wickets there. So are we talking, do we think, Potts or Robinson? Or are we talking Potts, Robinson and Anderson? And the conclusion from that is that you know, England might might think about leaving out Stuart Broad. 15 wickets at 38 this summer. Mm. No, it's not easy, is it? I, I, I really like Potts. He hasn't covered himself in glory in the short formats. But I think, you know, test cricket-wise, he barely put a foot wrong in those test matches he played from Lords against New Zealand onwards. And he just looks so consistent. And he's just got that little bit of extra 
zip, I suppose, which broad uh, over a long day lacks. And he's a, a similar sort of brawler to Broad, really, you know, in that he tends to angle the ball in and sort of seam it away. He's not really a swing bowler. Uh, Robinson's a bit taller and and kind of comes over the top and gets a bit more bounce. Uh, you know, he's a little slower than Potts, probably. And we, we our one criticism of Robinson over the last couple of years is that he doesn't necessarily sustain, sustain decent pace through the day. Maybe this layoff and some extra fitness work will have enabled him to do that. Uh, I just feel sometimes his pace isn't that much, but he bowls well at Lords. Again, using the angles, using the slopes. Mm. Yes, it's a difficult one. It I is. mean, they're mm. all very good bowlers. So, yeah. um, I mean, it would be unfair on Broad to leave him out. And we know what happens every time he gets <laughs> left out of the first test. He comes back with a bang. So uh, maybe that's a... A, a strategy. Um, not interesting. By the way, I, I apologise for also missing out in those uh, list of South African all-rounders, Sean Pollock, who, yeah. of course, was a fantastic cricketer mm. for South Africa, took all those wickets and scored handy runs and was just such an influence on that, that team of the sort of early 2000s. Uh, they don't have that, uh, that, that kind of banker of a bowler, really. So uh, that, that's where they are, I suppose, vulnerable with the ball. Yeah, I mean, England have an embarrassment of riches suddenly in the sort of seam-up department, but not necessarily in the extreme pace department. No, no, it is very much a, a sort of certain type of speed attack, isn't it? And, yeah, Potts, Robinson, Anderson I mean, is, is a possibility, you'd think. Uh, I can't believe it. Again, we're, we're getting to the start of the new test series, aren't we? Talking about do England leave out Stuart Broad and, and you know how that would... Would possibly work out. Yeah, it's one of those where they all you can make a case for all of them playing, can't you? It's, it, it, in a way, so sometimes we think, oh, he's been left out, dropped, whatever. You know, it's a it's a sort of a you know uh, a mark I mean, against what, him. What, but one thing about it doesn't have to be uh, like Broad, that. No, it doesn't have to be like that. I mean, one thing about Broad is you know his expertise against left-handers, and South Africa's opening pair are left-handed. So yeah, that might just be a little tiny thing in his favour. Potts hasn't bowled as well against left-handers. I, I, I sound like I'm sort of already saying Robinson's going to play. I mean, he's the one who hasn't played test cricket the, the, recently. So, you know, maybe they stick with Potts, Anderson yeah. and, and Broad and, and mm. Robinson comes in later in the series. Yeah, yeah. You sort of stick with the side that's that's, that's done well and, and triumph uh, so far this summer. Anyway, it was just a thought. Uh, England have a, a selection issue uh, to sort out. Uh, I wonder whether they're going to have another selection issue to sort out somewhere down the line. I sort of hesitate slightly back in Test cricket. Talk about uh, Zach Crawley again, uh, but we, we thought, didn't we, after the India Test match? Well, he's, he's got three Championship matches. Go away, score some runs in in county cricket. But he's gone away and scored eighty six runs at fourteen and six innings in the Championship. Best score of uh, thirty five. And then in the 100, well, completely different form of the game. You get a chance to sort of free free yourself up a bit. He did make 41 at Lords. Uh, yeah, I saw that innings, actually. I was, yeah. I was there. And he, he, funnily enough, he played at not a test match innings, but it was quite an orthodox mm. sort of innings. And in fact, uh, you know, it, 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 was, it was just a nice uh, little bit of almost like a net, having a net. And he looked really good. Uh, I can't actually remember who who was bowling at him now particularly, but it was de decent bowlers, and and he played in an authoritative without reckless way. And actually, you know, I just think, and in fact, I was talking to Ian Botham about this the other day when I was up in Durham. 
you know, you've got to go for quality. And it doesn't necessarily matter about record. Obviously, in the end, stats are important. But Crawley has an innate ability. He has an ability to pull a ball, which isn't all that short, through mid-wicket for four and, and pick length very quickly. And then what the advantage that gives you is you can then make that forces the bowler to pitch it up a bit more and then he's got that big reach to be able to drive the ball. Uh, we talked about it before. It is a, a very simple uh, sort of type of batting, really. And it's very good if it works. Obviously, he's had errors. He's made you know, mistakes. His judgment of when to play those strong shots is being flawed at times and especially in slightly helpful conditions against the new ball you know in the end he's probably not the perfect solution as an opening batsman because he's a little bit vulnerable to the moving ball ideally he should bat at number four but there's no slot for number four we've got joe root obviously there in uh, in, in forever kind of it appears do you know by the way i don't know if you saw um the uh, article in by Mike Atherton today in the in the Times, I did see evaluating it, yeah. uh, Joe Root compared to other great England batsmen. I thought it was a very interesting graphic that that was put up by the Times, which showed how Root compares to his peers, to the other top five in the England batting order or the top six that he's played with, and his record, his average, his Test average of fifty point seven six percentage-wise, is 43% better than his peers, who average 35. And that is the biggest differential of any star England batsman in history. Jack Hobbs is second, who averaged 56.94, but his peers averaged 39. So his uh, differential was only 43.03 better, whereas Roots was 43.31 percentage better than the rest of the players in that era. And then it goes down the list. Uh, those two are, are real standouts. After that, we're into 37 and 36 and 35% better than their peers, the likes of Len Hutton, Ken Barrington and Wally Hammond. Yeah. But Root stands top of that list just above Jack Hobbs. And it is one interesting way of evaluating how good a player is by measuring him against the other people playing at, in, in, his, in his era. Yeah. Um, this is... This is a whole new subject that we've alighted on right at the end of this podcast. And we could talk for ages and hours about you know, who the, the best batter England have ever produced is. But I don't think it's much doubt that Joe Root is is right up there. Uh, one, you know, one of the great players. I think others even said in his article, doesn't he? You know, it's, it's hard to... You know, com comparing is so difficult. But actually, statistically, it's quite interesting to, to have a go and try to, to, to build a case. Well, let's see if he can justify it anyway over the next uh, few test matches, the next three test matches, the next few days at Lords. I think that's it for today. But I just want to mention uh, we have got a, a sponsorship for this next test match from a, a very English brand, Chapel Down Champagne, Chapel Down Fine Wines and Champagnes, based near Tenterden in Kent. And they are one of the England players or the ECB's main sponsors. And they've kindly donated a bottle of champagne each night of our podcast during this first test match. So we're going to do a podcast every night of this test match and the, the, the subsequent test matches. And for this test match only, there is a bottle of champagne, bottle, bottle of chapel down champagne to be won. And we'll set you a challenge each night and then there'll be a bottle of champagne up for grabs. Brilliant. Looking forward to doing that. Really looking forward to the test match. Uh, I wonder how it's going to pan out. There was a, a question today for 
South Africa's coach Mark Boucher in his, his pre-game press conference. What did you learn from the Canterbury game where they played the Lions? And his response was, we learned how to fetch the ball. I wonder whether we're going to see more of that at Lords over the next few days or whether South Africa are going to get a grip of Baz Ball and squeeze that Baz Ball really hard and come out on top in the next few days. Really looking forward to it. Return of Test Match Cricket. We'll speak to you during the game. Goodbye for now. Sports Social Podcast Network.